there, you cute little trick-or-treaters. Hey, hey, sweetie. Sweetie. Hey. And I have to say, you're looking so cute. I know, oh, I you know it, baby. Come on up my staircase. Oh, coming yeah. up those steps. And open that sack. Oh, yeah, oh, baby. And get ready for a big episode of Red Movie Rama. And we got a movie just crazy enough for you to put in your trick-or-treat bag. We're going to cover the absolutely bonkers 1980s Motel Hell. As well, I said Motel Hell. Usually you have something to say right here. As well. Oh, I think the guys did a little trick-or-treating on him and locked him up in the bathroom. Uh, did y'all lock Aswell in the bathroom again? Yeah. Yeah. Talking about Joe. Yeah, turkey? Uh, no way. Will you go let him out of the bathroom? What am I, a fruitcake? No way. No way. Thanks, no way. Thanks for checking on him, man. I say we go ahead and start without him. I gotta go to a, a song recital after a while. Well, I guess we could go ahead and get started. Are you familiar with this movie, Randy? Oh, yeah. I wrote a song for this movie long time ago, but they didn't use it on the soundtrack. They decided to use a song from the Carpenters instead. Oh, I'm sorry, Randy. It's That's a shame. It could have just used both your songs, you know? Yeah, you know, it's a good song, but, you know, everybody loves the Carpenters. I love the Carpenters. I wrote a song about the Carpenters once. Well, has anybody heard your Motel Hell song? Well, I can play a little bit for you right now. I still remember it, boy. Oh, we're cooking now, boy. Like to be found buried in the ground at Farmer Vince's garden in the field. He comes every night with disco lights and takes away the sadness that I feel. He'll dance around and sings to me about how he'll make me some beef jerky. Randy, I mean, it sounds very familiar, but, you know, I, I could see why they could have used it. Hey, hey, what, what's going on here? I mean, they locked me up, and, and I come back, and Randy's in my seat, and he's singing songs, and you just wait till I get a hold of Mom and tell her about what's well, going on Well, you know, uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you're here because we're going to cover another crazy movie, and I didn't want you to miss out on it. Oh, great, another movie about, what, naked chicks and muscle cars? That's always great. Yeah, because that's hot. Well, we do get a little nudity here and there in this movie, but it's not about muscle cars. It's about uh, a place called Motel Hell. Uh, Motel Hell? Skippy, nobody. Who who would want to watch a movie called Motel Hell, huh? Well, well a, a lot of people, I guess, because it's it's kind of a cult classic. Well, I imagine a cult would want to watch it, but I don't know about calling this a classic. Well, you don't have to take my word for it. Take it away, Rick. Motel Hell, known in other countries as Motelio Helio, is a 1980 horror comedy film directed by... Kevin Connor. Oh, I like him in that Waterworld movie, boy. That's not the same guy. This guy directed such classics as The Land That Time Forgot and The Return of Sherlock Holmes. Not to mention 
at the Earth's core. Vincent Smith and his sister Ida run a rural hotel, but they earn most of their cash operating a food stand that specializes in world-famous sausages. After years of success, however, the duo's upstanding brother, Sheriff Bruce, eventually discovers their grotesque details of his sibling's boom in the business. Vincent and Ida are actually plumping up their hotel patrons, killing and dismembering them, and then grinding them into frankfurters? What kind of film is this? Back to you, Rick. Yep, sounds terrible as always. What? This, anyways, this movie starts off at the Motel Hello, and the owner, whose name is Farmer Vincent Smith, along with his sister Ida, they run this hotel. But he also has this meat shop, and he's waking up at dawn to go hunting. Well, that doesn't sound like too bad of a start there, Skippy. I mean, uh, it sounds like pretty good. Is, does he get anything? Oh, oh boy, does, does he get anything? Yeah, uh, he picks up a, a man and a woman who just had a motorcycle wreck. Oh, no. Were, were these people, like, driving carelessly and speeding and, I don't know, maybe possibly drinking? Uh, I would say probably all of the above. Um, That's what I would suspect, anyways, being the riding on a motorcycle with a sidecar. But they're both riding on the actual bike part of it. But anyways, Farmer Vincent uh, takes them back to the hotel. Well, that seems like a very nice thing. It's convenient that he was out there hunting. Yeah, sure. Um, anyways, Vincent takes the girl inside and gets Ida to come help him put her in Grandma's room so she can recover. And it seems like Vincent's kind of taking a liking to the girl already. Well, that's good. He sounds like a really nice guy just wanting to help people out. Yeah, sure, sure he is. Uh, but he asks his sister to kind of help her to help this lady recover, but Ida is not too keen on the idea. Well, I mean, they're busy people. They got the hotel and the meat business and all that, so they they don't have time for all that mess. So, uh, yeah. so what about the, this uh, this motorcycle guy? What do we know about him? Is he okay? Uh, well, we don't we don't really know just yet. I have to say, Skippy, this Farmer Vincent guy, he's got it going on. I mean, he's got the hunting, and he's running two businesses, and they're both in the same location. That could, you know, really be profitable if you do it right. Yeah, that's that's very true, but there's some weird stuff going on in this place. Like how so? What's what's so weird about it? Because the movie's called Motel Hell. I know the name of the movie. Actually, Randy's got a really good point because... There's this one day when uh, when Farmer Vincent is making a sales pitch for his meat. That's hot. It, it's <laughs> it's a family of four, and uh, there are two of them are kids, and the kids are playing outside, and they wander into the butcher shop, and it's real creepy looking, and they get real scared by all the hanging pig carcasses, and as they're running out, we see what looks like a human, but he's got a huge pig head on his shoulders. I, I'm sorry. I'm I must have not been paying attention. Did, did you say something about a, a pig head? Yeah, that's exactly what I said, big pig head. Oh, geez, that sounds like some kind of crazy Arkansas meat hook type of movie or something like that. So uh, these these kids, are they, all, are they okay now? Well, I mean, they're really scared, and they run out to the family car and get into it, and they're just screaming crazily. 
and the parents are wondering what's wrong, and then Vincent says he can make them stop screaming. Well, again, sounds like a very nice guy, and he knows how to work with kids, so uh, that's, that's fantastic. So what does he do? Does he, like, I don't know, maybe give them a lollipop or something? No, actually, he makes a scary face and growls at them like a monster, and then they, they shut up. Wow, that that's just like what Mom used to do for me back at the naval base all the time. Oh, boy, that explains a lot. Shut up, Randy. Mr. Silver Spoons, Ricky Schroeder, chewing on some chiclets. Get real. Yeah, and at this point, Vincent and Ida get a visit from the sheriff, who we find out after they're scuffling around that it's their kid brother. And uh, while they're scuffling, they end up waking up the young lady from the motorcycle wreck, and uh, she comes in the room and asks uh, what's going on and what happened to the guy she was with, and... Vincent tells her that uh, he died and he's been buried. What? What? How, how's that even possible? I mean, did he take him to the hospital? Well, we, we don't know. We know just as much as Terry does, which is the name of the girl. And she doesn't believe it. So they all get into the sheriff's car and they drive out to the cemetery. And there's a sign where this guy supposedly is buried. Wow. This Vincent guy is just... He's a he's a jack of all trades, isn't he? I mean, he's he's going places with the business and everything. He's uh he's pretty much the uh the American dream. Oh, so so this movie must be the life story about Dustin Rhodes. I love that wrestling boy with the boots and the tights and the bionic elbow and the speech impediment. You should know all about that, you jackass. But you don't know what you're talking about. This ain't no dang Dusty Rhodes movie. I've seen that one. It's called The Terminator. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not right. Anyways, the young lady accepts the fact that her boyfriend is dead, and they convince her that she should still stay there at the hotel and recuperate from the injuries and the trauma that she's been going through. Again, what a nice guy. I mean, freeing up a room and board for this lady to recuperate. We need more people like this in this world. Well, don't get too far ahead of yourself as well, because uh, now we have a food inspector that uh, works for the state, and he comes out to observe Vincent's meat business, and he's looking at the livestock that he's got, and he notices something off in the distance from the hotel, so he sneaks back that night and goes and takes a look, and he finds a garden, and it's a hidden garden. There you go. I knew it. This guy invented Hidden Valley Ranch. Not even close to what the inspector finds. He finds that Vincent has a garden full of people, and they're buried to where only their heads are sticking up out of the ground, and he cuts their vocal cords so they can't scream. Skippy, why is it all these movies, every time they just get real dumb? I mean, you had a good story going here, and then it just do something stupid. Well, that's what these movies are all about, to show you outlandish things, to... Keep you entertained, no matter how crazy it is. Well, couldn't we just, like, talk about an episode of Mr. Belvedere or something like that? Mr. Belvedere? I don't I don't think people would enjoy that. Anyways, we cut to a punk rock band that's driving down the road, and the, and the van has the name of the band on the side, and they're called Ivan and the Terribles. Oh, I like that band, boy. They were on the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack. They had a song in there called... I've had it up to here. You know who else has had it up to here? This guy, Randy, this guy. Uh, come on, guys, play nice. Anyways, we found out that Vincent has been putting stuff in the road and it causes people to have these wrecks, and that's how his garden grows. Yep, I've just lost all respect for this guy, every bit of it. 
yeah, not not a good guy. And but we do kind of get to see the process of how they're planting the people. Yeah, you know, I was wondering about that, Skippy. I mean, how do these people not start, like, digging themselves out of the ground? Well, they inject them full of drugs and make them stare at psychedelic lights so they stay stoned out of their minds. Well, Randy sure would fit in, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, but now, out of nowhere, the sheriff has taken a liking to Terry, and he takes her out on a date to go to the drive-in movie. Oh, I love the drive-in. I mean, do, do they sit towards the front or towards the back? Well, I guess you would say towards the back because they don't even really go to where the movie is. They go up to an area where people are parking in the cars and making out. What? Oh, that's hot. And the sheriff runs those people off so they can sit there all quiet and have the place to themselves. What? And they watch the movie from a distance with binoculars. Oh, this guy's a cheapo then. A real cheapskate. Yeah, he is. But he does call the theater and says, hey, can you put the audio for the movie on the certain channel so they can listen to it on the CB radio? Oh, well, so he's clever and cheap. Well, that sounds like somebody who can't be trusted. Yep, you're you're catching on as well, but it really doesn't matter because now we cut to a couple of ladies that are driving down the road in a Cadillac. So let me let me guess, they have a tire blowout and they have a wreck then. No, not this time. They actually come to a complete stop where there are some cows in the road. Well, that, that's really strange. Well, what's even stranger is they're not even real cows. They're just cardboard cutouts. But, hey, don't you mean cowboard cutouts? <laughs> yeah, real real funny as well. Uh, but one of the ladies gets out to move the cows out of the way and so they can keep driving, and then a dude in a gas mask grabs her and wanders off with her. Oh, jeez. Well, so obviously this is that Vincent guy. So so why is he wearing a gas mask, and, and what does that have to do with anything? Well, that's a great question as well, but as always, I don't know. But uh, at this point it doesn't matter because we go back to the sheriff and Terry watching the movie, and the sheriff starts trying to make a move on her, and he gets pretty aggressive. But then they hear a voice on the radio that's in distress, and it's the girl driving the Cadillac that's being chased by Vincent. So the sheriff knocks off his nonsense, and they go racing trying to help the lady. Oh, geez, well, that, that can get really dangerous. I mean, you've got a civilian in the car. You could uh, you could cause some bad damage here. Well, it really doesn't matter because the sheriff never makes it there on time, and now the girls are now planted in the garden. Hey, Skippy, don't you think that maybe the sheriff knows all this, what's going on with his uh, relatives here? Well, you would think that, but we don't really know for sure. But the sheriff does make it back to the motel, and he asked them if if they heard anything strange going on. And then we get a bunch of CB jargon that most people don't understand anymore. But then Ida says that uh, there was a bunch of pranks being played on the radio. Oh, I, I love the CB lingo. Ten five, big buddy there. You got a gator on your ham there, big buddy. Come on back to me, trucker. I, yeah, okay. Skippy, I, I think this whole family is just a bunch of weirdos. And hey, wait a minute. I think I've heard of another movie where there was a bunch of weirdos and they made meat out of people and they lived in, like, Oklahoma. Well, you're getting closer. You went from Arkansas to Oklahoma. You're you're getting there, but I'm sure we'll talk about that sooner or later. Anyways, back to the movie. There's a couple of swingers that show yeah, up at the hotel. Hot. Were they, like, acrobats or something from a circus? <laughs> yeah, they're hot acrobats, yeah. <laughs> no. Skippy, actually what it is is it's people that like to have sex with total strangers, so it's like they're in a open relationship. That's totally disgusting. Totally. And hot. 
It's not hot. Anyways, they show up at the hotel, and they want a room for about 10 minutes, and they invite Vincent and Ada and Terry to come join them. Yeah, they're about to get the freak on. That's hot. H-O-T, hot, hot, hot. You know, this really doesn't surprise me at all, being the level of movies we've been exposed to on this show. I'm not surprised that there wouldn't be, like, a big hot tub, and then they go rob some banks with some dynamites. I thought we were out of the 70s. This is an 80s movie. Why we got the 70s stuff? Well, this is dead up 1980, so we're right on the edge, right between the two decades, and you get a little bleed over. But now we get a great scene where one of the swinger ladies is jumping around in the motel practicing her bullwhip skills. I, I'm sorry. I, I must have not been listening. Uh, did, did you say something about bullwhip skills? Yeah, she's running around the motel room dressed like a dominatrix and breaking lamps and stuff with a bullwhip. Oh, we getting hotter. And then the guy comes in the room wearing a vinyl see-through skirt. It's hot. And other weird clothing underneath. That's <laughs> so hot. Well, there you go. We made it almost 15 minutes in this show and he didn't say a word and now he won't shut up at all, Skippy. Yeah, he's easily excited. This movie gets weirder by the minute, Skippy. And then Vincent and Ida show up, and they don't look happy at all. Well, of course they're not, Skippy. This crazy lady's running around breaking all the lamps in the room. Jeez, I'm sure they'll make them pay extra for that. Well, needless to say, the couple ends up getting tied up and knocked out and taken away. Let me guess. Uh, to the garden. You are correct. And then the next morning, Vincent is talking to Terry... And he's talking about bringing her into the fold and teaching her how to be a part of the meat business. And Ida doesn't like it at all. And she invites Terry to go out to the lake. And they get out in some inner tubes. And while they're out there on the water, Ida tries to drown Terry. And then Vincent jumps in just in time to save her. Holy Jesus, sounds like this Ida's like really jealous. That's a great observation. But while Terry is back in bed recuperating from that trauma... Terry is so grateful to Vincent that uh, she ends up making a move on him while she's naked in the bed. Oh, yeah, that's hot. He's going to plow her field. Sir, sir, that's that's just, that's nasty. Yeah, but Vincent ends up turning her away, though. Well, I, I would say good for him, and he's got good morals, but who cares? This guy's killing people and selling their meat. Ah, uh, you're picking up on it. I'm glad because this kind of becomes a trend in certain movies. You end up having feelings for characters, but... Really, you should have no sympathy for them at all. They are still really bad people. Ironically, some of my favorite horror movies are based on this scenario. And there's something fun and disturbing about ourselves because we like to cheer for the bad guy sometimes. That's very disturbing. Uh, that's why Mom told me to keep an eye on you. Yeah, well, anyways, at this point, Vincent tells her that he can't be with her because they should be married first. And it looks like she doesn't disagree with the idea, so Vincent goes into town the next day and talks to his pastor, who happens to be Wolfman Jack. Oh, I love that guy. Boy, he's been on Wheel of Fortune for a long time. You jackass, that's Pat Sajak. And you, you we're talking about Wolfman Jack, and he's a... Hey, uh, who's Wolfman Jack, Skippy? Oh, well, he's an iconic DJ who also became a big TV personality in the 70s and 80s. But anyways, Pastor Jack sees the sheriff on the side of the road and tells him congrats on his brother going to get married to Terry. Oh, jeez. Oh, I, I bet this is going to really upset the sheriff. Yeah, I mean, and he drives all the way out to the motel to check and make sure that she's okay. And he tries to talk her out of marrying Vincent, but she's, uh, she's interested in Vincent. That's what she wants to do. And then Vincent walks in and 
runs him off by shooting at him with a shotgun. Well, I, I don't know about you, Skippy, but that would definitely run me off. Uh, and at this point, we have a little celebration with some champagne for the wedding. Yay. But uh, really, it's just to knock Terry out so Vincent and Ida can go out to the garden and do some business. Well, of course. So they'll go out to where the band is buried up to the necks, mm-hmm. and Vincent breaks out the disco lights oh. and convinces the band that they're going on a trip. Stupid. And he puts them in a hypnosis trance. Stupid. And they tie ropes around their necks and hook them up to a tractor. Stupid. And and break their necks. Yep, stupid. And I'm guessing they get pulled out of the ground and go to the meeting process. Well, I know I've said this before in, uh, th- in this movie. It's, it's just it's just stupid. Stupid. Yeah, but that's the beauty of this movie. It's supposed to be ridiculous. I mean, why would you put meat in the ground to make it better tasting somehow? That's why they call it ground meat. Oh, Lord. Anyways, while all this is happening, the sheriff starts snooping around and finding out what's really happening. And he finds uh, the lake, and it's full of vehicles, and also finds the motorcycle that Terry was on and sees how the tires were blown out on purpose. And while Vincent and Ida are at the smokehouse processing Ivan and the Terribles, the sheriff goes in the house and tries to convince Terry that she's in trouble. Well, it sounds like he's trying his best to be a good guy, even though he's cheap. Yeah, and he sneaks into the house, and he tries to convince Terry that she's in trouble. And while he's in there, Ida decides to go into the house and get a bite to eat, and she hears the conversation they're having, and she ends up beating up the sheriff and holding Terry at gunpoint and forces her out to the smokehouse. Holy jeez, that really escalated quick. I hope hope the sheriff's okay. Well, if that isn't enough going on, back out of the human garden, uh, Terry's motorcycle boyfriend has broken free from the ground, and he's trying to set free all the other people that are stuck in the ground. Well, now, that's something you don't hear every day. Most of the times, bikers have a bad attitude. Sounds like this guy maybe has had a change of, of perception or something. You you go, motorcycle guy. Yeah, and so at this point, Ida is taking Terry out to the smokehouse to Vincent, and she is totally disgusted and shocked by what she is seeing. And uh, so Vincent makes Ida go back into the house and get the sheriff and drag him out there. Well, what does he want to do with the sheriff? Well, I would imagine being that he is the sheriff and now he knows everything that's going on, he's probably going to smoke him too. Holy jeez, he's going to smoke his own brother? Man, this is a weird old family. I don't like them at all. At all. Yeah, I don't blame you, but at this point, Ida's going back to the house, and she gets attacked by the motorcycle dude and all the other people that were planted in the garden, and they attack her and knock her out. Well, hooray! Good, good for them. Now I'm on team plant zombie people. Well, it's always good to be on a team. Uh, back at the smokehouse, Terry is trying to make a break for it when Vincent isn't looking, but she can't get out. That's too bad. Yeah, and Vincent has decided that Terry is just the same as everybody else, and he decides he's got to get rid of her, too. So he grabs her and slaps her down on a sliding gurney and uh, straps her down, and she's going to slide right into a saw that's going to cut her all to pieces. Well, that's always the story, right? Once One time a bride, next time a slice of meat, something like that. That's not right. <laughs> Anyways. Well, Skippy, is somebody going to stop this lunatic? Well, somehow Motorcycle Dude has climbed on top of the smokehouse, and he falls through a window that's on the roof and starts fighting with Vincent, but he's just too weak by himself. And Vincent pretty much just strangles him and throws him into an oven. Oh, well, that's such a sad turn of events. I mean, I was hoping this guy would be the hero. So long, motorcycle guy. Gone too soon. Well, don't worry just yet, because now the sheriff wakes up and grabs a shotgun from inside the motel, and he runs out to the smokehouse, and when he gets inside, 
He sees that big pig-headed dude again with a chainsaw. So who's the big pig-headed guy then? Well, well it ends up being Vincent. Well, I, I kind of figured... Oh, ho, oh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on, Skippy. That, that, don't, that don't make any sense. I mean, when we first saw the pig-headed guy in the smokehouse with the little kids, Vincent was outside talking to those parents. So how, how, how does the... How stupid is that? Well, none of that really matters now because these two start fighting while Tracy's being forced into the saw, which she's going there really slowly, like a snidely whiplash episode of Dudley Do-Right. And uh, Vincent knocks the shotgun out of the sheriff's hands with the chainsaw, and then the sheriff picks up another chainsaw, and they have a chainsaw duel. Oh, no, that that could get real messy. Yeah, man, you're going to take that chainsaw, hit that pig in the head, knock that pig's brains out. Sir, you you need a hobby. Well, back to the movie. The, the sheriff is not used to fighting with a chainsaw, and he gets the chainsaw stuck in a wall, and while Vincent is swinging the chainsaw back and forth trying to hit the sheriff, the sheriff ducks, and then Vincent falls right into the blade of the stuck chainsaw, nearly cutting him in half. Wow, that's, that's really... Convenient and stupid, because you would think that if a chainsaw was stuck in a wall that uh, the the chain wouldn't move and it wouldn't do any cutting. Did, did anybody think about that, Skippy? Well, just remember what kind of movie we're talking about here, so uh, that makes about as much sense as anything else has happened. So, anyways, the sheriff swings into the next room like Tarzan on a meat hook where Terry's about to be cut up by that saw, and he stops the saw just in time and saves Terry. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad that movie's over. Well, it's not over just yet. We're getting close, though. But they go back in there where Vincent is, and he's dying, and he starts telling the sheriff that everything there at the motel is now his and that his whole life has been a lie. Oh, well, good. So he's going to confess that, you know, it's a lie because he's been using humans for meat? Uh, no, he doesn't really say that. He says that uh, he used preservatives. What? It's like a joke. It's not funny. But then Terry and the sheriff hear a scream, and they go out to the garden, and Ida has been buried head first into the garden with her feet sticking up out of the ground. Well, I'm glad for that. So so where are all the voiceless zombie people now? Well, we really don't know, but apparently they buried Ida, and they just went on about their way. Uh, don't really know what happened. It doesn't elaborate on it. Well, I'm sure there's a lawsuit coming after all this. I mean, somebody needs to speak up for these people. I mean, it leaves a lot of open questions, Skippy. I mean, did they decide to just be a group of zombies from there on out or uh, work together around killing people? Do they go back home, try to live a normal life, and find some voice boxes? None of that really matters as well. It's it's a movie. Well, well, I think it's normal to be worried about the well-being of these people, and I'm I'm going to do some research. You're welcome to do some research if you want, but what did you think about the movie? I I think this movie is about as good as an ingrown toenail. Well, I happen to think it's a lot of fun. What about the rest of y'all? What did y'all think about it? You know what this movie is, Sugar Bear, get real. Well, cool. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it, because to me, this is kind of a, it's definitely a Texas Chainsaw kind of ripoff, but you can kind of see where Texas Chainsaw 2 might have borrowed an idea or two from this movie, so you never know what the influences are going to be. This movie's ridiculous but so much fun so i think if you like this kind of stuff check it out if if you have checked it out and you love it let me know right here on red movie rama we'll see you next time folks